0: Global Connections Television is a privately funded, independently produced program. The opinions expressed on Global Connections are solely those of the moderator and his guests. We invite you to go to the website at www.globalconnectionstelevision.com to view previous shows If you are involved with a PBS or community access television station, or an educational institution that has an intra-campus television hookup, or perhaps a podcast, or just a computer and would like to share the programs, please feel free to do so. Global Connections is provided at no cost to help people in the U.S. and worldwide better understand how international issues impact our lives.
1: Welcome to today's Global Connections program. I'm Bill Miller. Today we're going to talk about how important it is for a peaceful transition for democracies in the United States and around the world. My guest today is an expert on this topic. Dr. David Marchik, a former official in both the Clinton and Biden administrations, is the Dean of American University's Kogod School of Business. Dean Marchik boasted the popular Transition Lab podcast addressing presidential changes of power with the Partnership for Public Services Center for presidential transition, his most recent book is *The Peaceful Transfer of Power: and Oral History of America's Presidential Transitions*. Dean Marchik, welcome to today's Global Connections program. Thanks for having me. This is a very important topic. It's very timely. It's one that's on our lips and on our tongues, people in the U.S. and probably around the world. But let's do a brief overview of a couple of institutions i mentioned Uh, first off what is the mission of american university's kogod school of business
0: well we're thank you for having me again Uh, the kogod school of business is a leading business school based in washington dc we have about 1250 undergraduate business majors and around 600 graduate school uh, business uh, master's degree uh, students and our specialty is to launch students at the nexus of business government and society so we're in washington And a lot of our graduates go into work that has a nexus with the government, a nexus with policy, a nexus with NGO communities. And it's a wonderful school uh, with leadership and sustainability and analytics, entrepreneurship, and a few other areas located right in the heart of Washington, Mm D.C. And our viewers can go to your website at www.cogod.american.edu
1: for more information. Another group that I mentioned or organization is the Partnership for Public Service. What exactly is that?
0: So the Partnership for Public Service is a wonderful organization. It's a nonprofit, nonpartisan organization focused on making government better, more efficient, more effective. And it's really dedicated to support career government officials and the functioning of government. The government plays such an important role in our day-to-day lives, from passports to security to social security checks. And most people don't think about the operation of the government, the people that work in the government, and how to make it better, more efficient, more effective to serve the American people. And that's the goal of the Partnership for Public Service.
1: And also our viewers can go to their website at www.ourpublicservice.org. And the last one is the Center for Presidential Transition. What is the role of that particular group?
0: Okay, the Center for Presidential Transition is part of the Partnership for Public Service. The partnership started transition work in 2008 in the 2008 presidential cycle under the theory that to have an effective government, to have an effective administration, the transition to power of a new president needs to be effective. And the data and research shows that there's a high correlation between the effectiveness of a transition and the effectiveness of the president's first year in office. And there's also a high correlation between the president's first year in office and his or her success over their term. And so the center is focused on being the center of expertise, a repository of information, and a source of sound advice and wisdom for candidates, for executive the executive branch, for Congress, and for transition teams to make the transfer of power smoother faster, and better.
1: And our viewers can go to the website at www.presidentialtransition.org. Finally, we're getting to your book. We're working our way towards it. It's a very important book. Why did you write The Peaceful Transfer of Power, An Oral History of America's Presidential Transitions?
0: You know... The presidency is one of the most studied organizations uh, anywhere in the world. There are 15,000 books on President Lincoln alone, Mm 15,000. One aspect of the presidency which has not been studied in depth is the transition. And so we thought that by producing this book we could add to the literature, add to the expertise and also create a narrative and an argument for the importance of a smooth transition of power, which we saw in 2020. We saw all the problems, I'm sure we'll get into that. But I think that before that, the transitions was very an esoteric subject that was folk, that was limited to the, to an, a small group of people that had been involved in transitions in Washington, DC. And because of the problems that occurred in the 2020 transition on January 6th, and even in the 2016 transition, the importance of presidential transitions and an effective launch for a new president and an effective handoff has become an area of heightened focus and heightened interest among the American people and all around the world. And we thought that we could add to that subject by writing this book. And so far it's it's taken off and, and the book sales have gone well and the subject has been covered pretty broadly. Mm-hmm.
1: And it is certainly very critical, not only for elections in the United States, the democratic institutions here, but also for democracies in other parts of the world. If you look at Brazil, you look at the Philippines, wherever it might be, these principles would apply in those democracies, would they not?
0: They would. You know, my book uh, is based on a number of interviews I did with historians, with officials in different administrations uh, and experts on presidential transitions. And I interviewed... Ken Burns, the documentarian and historian, twice. The first time I interviewed him, we were talking about some of the mechanics of how a presidential transition works, how the handoff works, how the agencies work, briefing materials, and some of the kind of what one might consider minutiae. And Ken Burns at that time said, you know, Dave, you're focused on some of the smaller stuff, operational issues. Let's step back, look at the arc of American history, it's been a miracle that for 231 years, since George Washington handed the, the reins of power to John Adams, we've had an unbroken streak of peaceful transitions of powers. But they've always left. No shots have been fired, no arms have been raised, no troops have been alerted, and no one's died. Well, on January 6th, that changed. Shots were fired, troops were alerted, arms were raised and people died. And so this issue of a peaceful transition of power is something that's acute in any democracy, not only in the United States, but also all over the world. And unfortunately, the United States transfer of power became a subject of focus for people all around the world when it had been an afterthought prior to 2020. Mm -hmm.
1: And we saw on, well, January 6th, as you mentioned, uh, 2020, or 2021 with the insurrection that took place on Capitol Hill it was basically invited and incited by Donald Trump that this put a totally different view of America's democracy. How badly do you think this, or what role do you think this played as far as projecting an image of a dysfunctional democracy to countries all around the world and to the American public? Not just to other countries, but to ourselves.
0: It was clearly a dark day in American history. And to the point that General Milley, the head of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, had to call his counterpart in China to basically say, everything's under control in the United States. Everything's fine. And we're going to have a transfer of power. Imagine that. The head of the Joint Chiefs of Staff calling the head of the armed services in China, to basically say, our democracy will prevail. That is a dark day in American history. And the more we learn about it, the worse it appears to be. I just finished the book by Peter Baker and Susan Glasser called The Divider on the Trump presidency. And I thought I knew virtually everything on the Trump presidency, but you read some of that book and the events surrounding that day, it's a horror story. And the more we learn, the worse it is. And hopefully it will never be repeated again. The Wall Street Journal did a a very nice review of my book, and and they closed by saying that it's a hopeful book, a patriotic book, one that appeals to the better angels of society, as President Lincoln uh, highlighted in, in his speech. And I'm hopeful that we can get back to the bipartisan, nonpartisan nature of transitions, where the country comes together for the smooth transition of power, which is a bedrock and foundation of our democracy.
1: And we see now that so many of the candidates who were sympathetic to this January 6th insurrection have lost their recent election races and are not, well, they're not conceding. They're just pretending as though it never happened. And they're saying that the election was rigged, that the vote was not fair. We see Donald Trump just recently said, that the Constitution should be abandoned and we should do a makeover election, install him as president for life or whatever the case might be. I'm not sure that last part, but the point is that all the the old rules have been broken, but
0: it doesn't appear that a lot of people are going to play by the old rules even today. Well, again, I want to be hopeful. I do think that this is an aberration in history that we've had, some pretty bad transitions. You know, the book highlights the Buchanan to Lincoln transition, the Hoover to Roosevelt transition, where our country was in crisis and the outgoing president either was paralyzed on the case of Buchanan, did nothing, half the cabinet basically showed loyalty to the South, a separate president was elected, and seven states seceded. And during the Hoover to Roosevelt transition, This was a period of the Great Depression when it peaked. We had bank runs in 25 states. Hitler came to power, the Reichstag burned, and Japan left the League of Nations. All during the four-month period between Hoover's, uh, between the election and Roosevelt's inauguration. Four months, all of that happened. And Hoover refused to cooperate with Roosevelt. And that deepened the recession, lengthened it, and made our recovery longer. Fast forward to George W. Bush and Barack Obama. Barack Obama basically ran against George Bush. Bush was very unpopular at the time. In fact, in the book, I interviewed Josh Bolton, who was the chief of staff for Bush, and I said, wasn't it difficult for Bush to cooperate with Obama since Obama essentially ran against Bush and criticized him throughout the campaign. He said, well, actually, Bush was so unpopular that McCain ran against him as well. So Bush did the right thing. He basically created a red carpet for whomever was elected to have a smooth transition. And that was important at the time because not only did we have two wars going on, Iraq and Afghanistan, but at the time of the election, we were in the deepest financial crisis since the Great Depression. And the cooperation between outgoing President Bush and incoming President Obama sent a very strong signal to the markets, to the Congress, to the world that the American Uh, presidency, the American government was functioning, and that recovery would be forthcoming. And that cooperation, they worked on the TARP legislation, they worked on the auto uh, recovery, it aided and sped the recovery and enabled Obama to have a quick launch in office and smooth the recovery of the American economy.
1: And it's very important to look, as you just did, at historical I well, issues that were there as they made the transition from one administration to another administration because there were there were certainly challenges, there were as I would say bumps in the road, and not everyone always agreed on the way it should be done, but they still did it, and that was the important thing. Well, you're watching Global Connections Television, which is a privately funded, independently produced program. The opinions expressed on Global Connections are solely those of the moderator and his guest we'd invite our viewers to go to our website at www.globalconnectionstelevision.com to view previous programs. Also, if you're involved with a PBS or community access television station, or perhaps an educational institution that has an intra-campus television hookup, or you just have a podcast, or you just have a computer, you like our shows and you'd like to share them, please feel free to do so. Global Connections Television is provided at no cost as a public service to help us better understand international issues and how they impact our lives. Today, we're taking a look at how important it is to have a peaceful transition from one administration to another in a democracy, be it in the United States or any democracy around the world. My guest is an expert on this topic. Dr. David Marchik is the Dean of American University's Kogod School of Business. His most recent book is The Peaceful Transfer of Power an Oral History of America's Presidential Transition. This book is so timely and is so important, and it's one that should be read by everyone, regardless of their particular walk in life or what their occupation is. It's absolutely critical. When we saw that the horrific uprising, is what I call it, or insurgency, whatever we want to call it, on January 6th, it certainly came as a great shock to many of the people who were watching television or whatever the case might be, their computers, but still there was a lead up to this. We had advanced warning that I, I live in Frankfurt, Kentucky and I knew what was going to happen more or less. And I'm certainly not an expert on this. How do you think that the institutions responded to preparing for this or by ignoring it perhaps, or perhaps were co-opted by the current president, Donald Trump?
0: So it's a great question. And, you know, to use the words of your home state senator, Mitch McConnell, it was a violent insurrection. So our institutions bent, but they didn't break. They actually worked very well. Thank, thank God. So in the run-up to the election and the run-up to the transition, there is a law called the Presidential Transition Act, which requires the outgoing administration to prepare for a potential transition of power. And everybody focuses on all the problems associated with Donald Trump. In the book, we highlight a fellow named Chris Liddell. Chris Liddell was the deputy chief of staff to President Trump. He's a transition expert. He was a senior executive at General Motors and Microsoft before he went into the government. And in the entire year leading up to the election, he prepared for two things. One was the election of the re-election of President Trump, and the other was the potential that he would lose. And Chris, in the run-up to the election, organized a White House committee, an interagency committee of all the different agencies in the government, prepared briefing materials, had cabinet agencies prepare briefing materials, facilitated security background checks and intelligence sharing with the Biden campaign. He did all the right things leading up to the election. And he should be applauded for that. And it shows that one person can make a difference. On election day, all of that work was put on hold. He was frozen in place, had handcuffs put on him, until around mid-December, when finally the formal transition was allowed to proceed. And then at that point, the Biden team and the Trump team started talking. Most of the agencies in the U.S. government actually cooperated with the Biden team. They worked with them, they opened the doors, they were collaborative. There were a few agencies, the Department of Defense, the Office of the United States Trade Representative, the Office of Management and Budget, which because of their political leadership, they never cooperated, or they only cooperated the last few days after January 6. So I would say there was a good, a bad, and the ugly of the transition. The good was pre-election, the bad was between the election and January 6th, then January 6 was the ugly. Most of the agencies did an okay and, and positive job. The career officials did a great job. And there were a few outliers where they just would not cooperate and collaborate.
1: And that made the difference, it certainly did. Do you think, as we look back on it, that given how aghast the majority of the people in this country, and I mean, Democrats, Republicans, independents were, including a large number of members of Congress, how just devastated they were about this. Do you think if we had, or if they had started the January 6th committee to investigate this on a more timely basis and a more bipartisan basis, perhaps, that it could have moved more quickly? Or do you feel that the, I mean, there are, just to be quite honest, we have uh, media outlets that put out a lot of misinformation, disinformation, and do not inform the public. And we could name them, Uh, One American News, Newsmax, Fox to a large degree, but they started the spin machine. Right wing radio started the spin machine talking about how this was just a peaceful gathering, that it really was not planned to be an insurgency. It just developed into one. But do you think if we had moved more quickly that this could have been dealt with in a more logical way as opposed to dragging it out over well over a year and a half?
0: Yes. I mean, we have had transitions which have been perfectly smooth. The Bush to Obama transition is is seen as the gold standard. And unfortunately, the incoming transition of Donald Trump and the outgoing transition of Donald Trump are aberrations in American history that hopefully we don't repeat. The same pattern, frankly, occurred in the incoming Trump administration. Chris Christie, this is documented in the book, the former governor of New Jersey, was asked by candidate Trump in February, March of the election year to organize a transition. And he put together a very good group of people with uh, led by a fellow named Rich Bagger, who was a former executive in in the pharmaceutical industry, a lawyer, a distinguished public servant. They put together a very good plan. It was organized, it was thoughtful. They consulted with Republicans and Democrats who had run transitions before on how to do it. And two or three days after the election, Steve Bannon called Chris Christie into Trump Tower and said, Governor, we need to make some changes in the transition. And Christie said, okay, what do we need to change? And Bannon said, you, you're out. And he was fired. And all that work, a year's worth of work, good work, was thrown out the door and literally thrown in the trash. And that led to chaos in the incoming days of the Trump administration. I asked Governor Christie what were the implications of the flawed transition were on the Trump presidency? And he basically said they'd never recovered. Those were his words. And so the book shows that an effective transition of power, an effective organization, good leadership can make a huge difference in a presidency. And that occurred with, for example, President Obama when he came in, but also President Reagan when he came into office. He appointed James A. Baker, the a distinguished lawyer and and public servant someone who had run two campaigns against reagan bush ran i mean baker ran the ford campaign and the george hw bush campaign both tried to take out reagan one was successful the other unsuccessful and reagan had the confidence to appoint someone to be chief of staff that had run two campaigns against him he said i want to have you be the run the white house transition and have an effective white house and so on a bipartisan basis, there are examples of presidents doing the right thing, planning for transition, having good people, organizing, and the American people benefit. And that's what the book hopefully appeals to future candidates to, to do the right planning, to have the right people, and to take the, the art of transition as seriously as the art of campaigning.
1: Well, Dr. David Marchick, it's a very important book. It's very, very illuminating. And we would encourage people around the country and also in other countries, namely Hungary, the Philippines, Turkey, Brazil, wherever it may be, wherever you are in a democracy or would like a democracy, to get a copy of it and take a look at it. But I want to thank you so very much for a very interesting and a very informative program.
0: Thank you very much. Thanks for having me.
1: My pleasure. I'm Bill Miller. Thank you for joining us today on Global Connections Television.